0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Pruger, and I thank you for joining me as always this week. And we're going to get into the coaching carousel. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about Mike Yuricich, and we're also going to be talking about uh, some other hires at Coach Franklin and, and adjustments that he's made to his staff uh, this week with, the, with Tyler Bowen heading to the NFL in Urb- to join Urban Meyer's staff in Jacksonville and bringing on Ty Hal to replace him uh, as the tight ends coach with the Nittany Lions. But first, let's get to Yursich. Yursich is an intriguing um, a tr- intriguing candidate. This is a guy that started his coaching career and the PSAC level, um, NAIA level as well. Um, you know, he, he, this is a guy that that has really, when you look at climbing up the ladder, It's been an incredibly long ladder. He's coached at Edinburgh, which is a PSAC school, and then Shippensburg, where Mike Gundy found him. And then he went to Oklahoma State and was there, had moderate success. He helped produce an offense or or establish an offense that produced Mason Rudolph and James Washington. And then you look at what he did at Ohio State with Justin Fields. Justin Fields had a career year. Uh, and was a Heisman finalist in his year under Yurcich, and then he went to Texas where Sam Ellinger had a good year as well. So you have this guy that has a great track record, and when you look at starting from the bottom and getting to the top of, of Big Ten, Big 12 um, football, this is a guy that's done it and, and has done it successfully everywhere that he's gone, and I think that's huge for Penn State, and I think this is a guy that fits James Franklin's style, more than any other guy since um, since Joe Moorhead, and In your was able to meet with the media this week on Tuesday, and you know since he got to Penn State, it's been a whirlwind. You you look at it, you're trying to install um, offenses, you're trying to install this, that, and the other thing. You got you're dealing with the early enrollees getting back to campus, you're getting the students back to classes, and then you're on top of that, you're worrying about recruiting. You have the second signing day that is that has come in has come and gone so you're picking up right where you need to with recruiting and and all that and it can be a lot while also learning your players um and, and analyzing your players and some of the guys that he's having to analyze are quarterbacks and one of them um was just transferred will levis who is now going to the university of kentucky where i would expect him to to get a significant amount of playing time and get a chance to start at quarterback for the wildcats but to juggle all of those things is, is tough for a guy like Yurisich who's trying to learn names, trying uh, people that are in the building and even on his co- on the coaching staff, um, let alone the name of 110 players or, or whoever he has to know on, on the offensive side of the football. And when he spoke on Tuesday, he spoke admirably of the, of the quarterbacks, but he wasn't going to delve into anything personal because, let's be fair, he hasn't analyzed anything that they've done in his system. Uh, and, and when you compare quarterbacks in different systems, you look at, really, just look at Sean Clifford, how he played under Ricky Ronnie's system, which was the spread-up tempo offense, and then how he lo- how he played under Kurt Shiraka's system last year, and they couldn't be totally different. Clifford looked like a polished quarterback at, at times under under Ricky Ronnie, and under Siraka, Clifford looked, at times like he hadn't played the position of quarterback and that he was trying to do too much and, and a bunch of other things, but kudos to your for not delving into that, uh, right away. You know, you look at guys like Tyquan Roberson, where we, you don't know now and Penn state at this time has three, has three scholarship quarterbacks. So it's going to be up for years up to your to get those guys involved and get, get them, um, up to, up to par, you know? So, Getting that to happen, I think, is going to... It shouldn't be too hard for him with all of those guys now on campus. But the up-tempo offense is wh- exactly what Penn State needs. You have to keep defenses in conflict, and you have to keep defense on your defenses on your toes. And there really was none of that um, this year for the Nittany Lions. And when you have situations like that, and defenses know you're coming, looking at the 17 rushes from Will Levis without a single pass from the quarterback position... There's not much you can do. When you know what's coming, you, you're going to load up to defend it. And at times, yeah, it, you have that arrogance to say, all right, well, they know what we're going to run. We're going to run it, and we're going to execute. Well, a lot of times, Penn State didn't execute. Now, with your, uh in tow, it's not going to be just his offense. It's going to be a combination of his offense and what James Franklin wants to run, and that blend didn't work last year. What Franklin wanted to run plus Chiraka. It just did not work at all. And yeah, at times it worked later in the season. And, and, you know, when you're able to throw passes to Jahan Dotson that are three yards beyond the line of scrimmage and he goes 75 yards with it. Yeah. Okay. It, that might be the players more so than the offense. And you look at just some, some schematic things and they dummied it down towards the enders towards the latter part of the sta- of the season. And it worked, but they didn't necessarily have a full off season. And you can say that until I, I can say that until I'm blue in the face. But when we look at Penn state and where they've had success, I'm looking comparatively to the 2016 team, which I've mentioned at times is very similar to the makeup of this team as well. Now, granted, they don't have a trace McSorley and they don't have a Saquon Barkley um, running all over the place in the backfield and, and hurtling over people, but they do have Kevon Lee. They do have Jahan Dodson and I think Clifford can, will take a step up this year that he didn't take last year, like we talked about last week, um, in 2020. But you you talk about the up tempo o- offense, and and it's helped Penn State, you know. It but you have to be careful with it, and and if you don't use it the right way, it could cost you. You you look at oppor- you look at opportunities for the offense to to get the ball down the field when you come out and you run an RPO style offense and you go three and out you're not doing any justice to your to your offense number one but your defense is getting left behind as well and that's not fair to to the guys on the defense who are trying to hold teams off the scoreboard you know and there's just there's an infatuation with the fullback position in power football uh at penn state and penn state hasn't had a fullback listed in quite some time and nor have they gone under center and and of course, your was asked a question about this uh, at during his uh, press conference on Tuesday. and power football is is how you grow up and in, in power in Penn, in Pennsylvania especially, power football is huge you you look at it and and that's the big thing. You look at power football, you smash mouth football, eye formation, power eye. Obviously, the coll- the collegiate game outside of the service academies have really evolved and, and adopted a spread a more spread offense. And Penn State has, too. You know, it's not the Joe Paterno three yards in a cloud of dust um, power running game that, that it used to be in the early 90s, uh, late 90s and, and early 2000s, and even dating back to, to his days in the 70s and 80s when Penn State had loads of success. But you look at it and... and it, does it serve you well to go under center? Yes. Now, do I think that Penn State under with Trace McSorley could go under center? Not necessarily, because with a shorter, more active quarterback, there's a good chance that he might not be able to read the defense uh, if he's under center. But is it a situation where you could get to that point? Yeah, you could probably get to under center in this offense, uh, whether it be from victory formation or or another thing. But will they? that's to be determined now the fullback as far as fullbacks are concerned it's the tight end position essentially a tight end or the h-back for the nittany lions that will typically line up in the offense um, where it behind the line of scrimmage and, and near the running back but they will also put him out to a wing and create conflicts defensively there but those tight ends and what they've got going on they're going to be under some different direction this year as well. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes and how they can build off the success they've had over the previous few years uh, at the tight end position. We'll be right back with more from the We Are Podcast. You are listening to the We Are Podcast with Jared Pruger on DK Sports Radio. Now, your wasn't the only coaching change to happen in 2021. Like I mentioned in the first segment... Uh, Tyler Bowen is now off to the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, definitely a step up for him, but his his loss is going to be impacted uh, big time and and felt for for years to come at Penn State. Bowen was an excellent tight ends coach, but as as great as a, as a tight ends coach that he was, developing guys like Pat Fryermuth, Muth, um, and helping in the development of guys like Mike Gesicki. Um, you. The what his value was as a recruiter, and he was one heck of a recruiter for the Penn State Nittany Lions on the offensive side of the football. Now, with his departure, Ty Howell, who was a uh, who was an offensive analyst for the Nittany Lions, is is now the tight ends coach, and and it kind of made a trickle down effect on the on the Penn State staff with um, defensive backs coach Terry Smith now the associate head coach, and now taylor stubblefield the wide receivers coach being the offensive recruiting coordinator um in the lead there for that a position that that bowen held while he was at penn state so you know his 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 impact's going to be felt for years to come and what he was able to do um with those guys and i think that's huge um for him and i think he's going to do very well uh, at the next level but Now they brought in Ty Howell, and Ty Howell is no stranger whatsoever to Penn State football. He was a member of the 2012-2013 teams. He played with the Nittany Lions from 2009 to 2013, um, becoming a starter under Bill O'Brien. And then also being a team captain in 2013. So this guy, this is a guy that bleeds blue and white. This is a guy that's done it. Now, granted, when he was in a, when he was at Penn State, he was the starting center and he was a, an offensive lineman. And that's not to discount anything that he that he will do as uh, the tight ends coach. But he's had the opportunity to get away from Penn State and come back. Uh, and I think that's huge too because you learn a lot when you when you get outside outside your comfort zone. And you know, home is always where the heart is for guys like, um, for guys like that. But for for Ty to come back and and how t- to represent his his alma mater, I think that's that's huge because now you've got a guy that that's going to be on the recruiting trail, and he was at Penn State during their darkest time. He was there uh, when the san- when the sanctions hit. He was there when all of that happened, and this is a guy that that that. Didn't go anywhere. He stayed. He stuck the course, and he's always going to be uh immortalized as a as a member of that twenty twelve team, that that had that impact and that stayed, and that got their got their year up on the on the facade of of the um, of Beaver Stadium. So that's going to be huge, and and obviously somebody that's been at Penn State during their darkest time, and and what has potential to be their brightest time, is is definitely very crazy, um but. You have a guy that's played there, that's gone to school there, that's that knows the program and the university in and out, and I don't see that as, as anything negative on the recruiting trail. This is a guy that's going to be able to sell not only the football program, but the university as well. Now, following his time at, at Penn State, Hal went and was an offensive graduate assistant uh, under Matt Canada, um, who is now the offensive coordinator with the Pittsburgh Steelers at NC State. From there, he ended up at Western Illinois University, uh, where he began as the offensive line coach in, in 2016. It's important to kind of note that when he was at, uh, at Western Illinois, his the head coach there was Charlie Fisher, the former quarterbacks coach at Penn State uh, with Bill O'Brien. And, and so he had that familiarity with him. Now, while he was at Western Illinois, he became the offensive coordinator at, at 2018, and they had a, an offense that ranked twenty first nationally in, in uh, passing offense uh, in in the FCS level, and that's pretty huge. He also helped condition and help train an offensive line that, as young as it was, um, that only allowed uh, less than 25, uh, 25 sacks in over four hundred and nine snaps. And I think that's in, that's that's impressive in its in its own right. Um, this is a guy that's that's just starting out in his career. And this is his first big time gig. And like I said, he had come back to Penn state to be an offensive analyst. And now here he is as the tight ends coach. And I think, yeah, what you're going to lack in, in Bowen's recruiting prowess, I think you're going to make up in a guy that loves his university and loves his, loves his program. And he's going to have a lot of talent coming back. He's got Theo Johnson and Brenton strange. And, you know, we talked about a lot of opportunity for the Penn state offense to grow and I think this is the perfect opportunity uh, for Hal to to get improve what he can do under under James Franklin and, and his tutelage. Um, this is this is big for them. This is going to be an excellent opportunity um, to keep their growth at the, at that position. And like I said on the recruiting end, yeah, what he what he might lack in you know the overall talent of, of recruiting, he's going to make up for it in his love and and passion for for the program. And for the university, and I think that's exactly what Penn State needs. You've got Penn State guys filtered throughout uh, the program. You've got, you know, Brent Pry, who is an Altoona native. Um, his dad was uh, went to Altoona Area High School, just like myself. Um, we didn't go at the same time, obviously, but you know we have that uh, we have that connection. But you look at guys like that, and you look at Terry Smith, who played at Penn State and was successful at Penn state. Now you've got Howell on the offensive side of the football and you've got a couple, you've got other guys sprinkled in throughout the program that have those ties as well. And I think that can only help the program. Um, You know, they've, they've spent their time away. They've come back and it's an excellent opportunity for them to, to build on that. Now it'll be interesting to see how, how they build things with Howell and how they develop the, the tight end position. But I think, you know, you look at the social media reaction and there wasn't a, there wasn't a bad thing that that you're you're going to see about how he's a guy that that a lot of his peers and a lot of his uh, fellow coaches felt he deserved it and you know you you get a hard working guy like that a blue collar guy like that and that and that's only going to help the program moving forward um you know and, and as much pu- good publicity as it was for how to come on board you look at uh, penn state twitter this weekend and it was kind of funny um they had a, they put a they posted a graphic the other day that said Penn State ha- a Penn State player has played in every Super Bowl um except for the 5 that they didn't or something along those lines and they just got roasted along um on Twitter and I thought it was very very entertaining um you know it's always fun when big time programs do stuff like that and, you know, to see that happen, I think it's just to me, it, it made me it made me um, it made me laugh quite a bit. Um, and then they posted a um, they posted another graphic last night um, or that a Penn Stater has reached 50 out of 55 Super Bowls. This time it didn't have any fine print that said except for the ones that they didn't or except for five since 1967 or or anything like that. But it's nice that um that they can have a laugh about that and you know social media is both a blessing and a curse. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard of it of it it through through social media. But you know, for for a big time program to go out and then you know take take its lumps um, for stuff that's not on the field, um, I thought that was kind of funny and kind of entertaining to me. But you know, you look uh, looking forward. You know, speaking of the Super Bowl. You've got guys like A.Q. Shipley um, playing for the Bucks, who's who's on the uh, injured reserve. And then you've also got Chris Godwin and Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith was a teammate of Hal uh, when they were uh, Nittany Lions. And then you. it's going to be an excellent opportunity uh, for those guys to go out and compete in the Super Bowl um, against the Chiefs, who have Stefan Wisniewski, um, who was a member of the Penn State offensive line as well. So Penn State will have another – uh, we'll have a couple other players playing in the Super Bowl this year. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I think, uh, obviously Donovan Smith and and Go- and Chris Godwin will have very big impacts, uh, for the Buccaneers. I think Godwin is is going to be able to produce on the big stage. And you look at what he's done, uh, previously. It's going to be interesting to see what he what he and Tom Brady have up their sleeves because the last time you know when Co- Chris Godwin played in the Rose Bowl, which was a pretty big game, um, in college football, he played really really well. And and help solidify his his ability and his his value, which ultimately has led to him to get to uh Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. So there's a lot going on coaching wise for Penn State, and a lot of a lot going on for Penn State players uh, this weekend, both on social media and in the big game um Sunday night. But one thing is for certain, spring ball is just around the corner, and I can't wait to be on the scene for you guys. Uh, and give you all the information I can about Penn State and the Big Ten and beyond. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you have a great week and enjoy the game.